0: Hello and welcome back to the Space News Pod, your daily source for space, science, and tech news. My name is Will, and in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about Stonehenge. Those giant, giant monuments made out of stone. Well, who made them? Where these people came from? It's been a mystery for a very, very long time. But new DNA evidence has revealed the origin of the Builders. The ancestors of the people who built Stonehenge traveled west across the Mediterranean before reaching Britain. That's what the new study shows. And researchers have compared DNA extracted from Neolithic human remains found across Britain with that of people alive at the same time in Europe. These Neolithic inhabitants have traveled from Anatolia, which is in modern day Turkey, to Iberia which then they took a turn to the north and they reached Britain in about 4,000 BC. And I'm going to get into more detail about where these people came from in just a moment. But first, I have to pay some bills. Do a pause for the cause. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If If. Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... of a general massive expansion in about 6000 B.C. that introduced farming into Europe. And before that, Europe was populated by small traveling groups which hunted and gathered. So they gathered up wild plants and they fished for shellfish and hunted wild animals. One group of farmers followed the river Danube up into central Europe. Yet another group traveled west across the Mediterranean. And the DNA reveals that Neolithic Britons were largely descended from groups who took the Mediterranean route. And they hugged the coast and hopped from island to island on boats. And some British groups had a minor amount of ancestry from groups that followed the Danube route. And there's DNA evidence from early British farmers that found that they closely resembled Neolithic people from Iberia, which are mostly um, in modern Spain and Portugal, and these farmers from Iberia were descended from people who made the journey across the Mediterranean, and they traveled north through France, and they may have entered Britain from the west through Wales or southwest England, and these early Neolithic migrants to Britain have introduced the tradition of building monuments using large stones known as megaliths. And that's Stonehenge, and that's part of the tradition from these people. And when these farmers arrived in about 4000 BC, there were still groups of Western hunter-gatherers, but DNA shows that the two groups didn't really mix very much. And these Neolithic farmers completely replaced British hunter-gatherers, apart from one group in western Scotland where the Neolithic inhabitants had elevated local ancestry, and that could have come down to the farmers group simply having greater numbers than the others. Dr. Tom Booth, who is a specialist in ancient DNA from the Natural History Museum in London, said, We don't find any detectable evidence at all for the local British Western hunter-gatherer ancestry in the Neolithic farmers after they arrive. That doesn't mean they don't mix at all. It just means that maybe their population sizes were too small to have left any kind of genetic legacy. And these Neolithic farmers had probably had to adapt their practices to different climatic conditions as they moved across Europe, but by the time they reached Britain, they were already tooled up and well-prepared for growing crops in a northwest European climate. And they also analyzed DNA from hunter-gatherers at that time. One of those skeletons was dubbed Cheddar Man, whose skeletal remains had been dated to around 7100 BC. He was the study of a reconstruction, unveiled at the National History Museum last year. And if the DNA is correct, unlike most other European hunter-gatherers at the time, he had dark skin and blue eyes, but the Neolithic farmers were pale-skinned with brown eyes and black or dark brown hair. So the Neolithic people from Iberia brought over the tradition of giant rock structures. So that's where the, Stonehenge came from. Mystery solved, they weren't put there by aliens, there's no reason to be contacting outer space to figure out where these things came from. It was from Neolithic people from Anatolia, which is modern day Turkey, and then they moved to Iberia, and then they reached Britain in about 4000 BC. Those people built Stonehenge. Now I'm gonna go from the Earth, Stonehenge, all the way up to the moon. And soil samples that were collected by astronauts on the Apollo mission suggest that the moon lacks water, except for at the poles. But a new study that just came out indicates that our moon isn't completely bone dry. It turns out that impacts of small meteoroids have hit the moon, and it propels dust up and... In this dust, there's water droplets in the atmosphere, where NASA's lady, the uh, Lunar Atmosphere Dust Environment Explorer, the L-A-D-E-E spacecraft, scooped them up and did some observations. And the team that studied this data found that evidence of water was released 29 times between October 2013 and April of 2014. And their analysis shows that the water is hidden below a layer of about eight centimeters of soil. But the water concentrations are no more than 0.05%, and that subsoil could never be fertile. It's still drier than the driest desert on Earth. Dana Hurley from Johns Hopkins University Applied Physics Laboratory in Laurel, Maryland, and the team said the moon is being pelted by tiny dust particles every day. And every once in a while, the moon flies through meteoroid streams when that bombardment is most intense. They occasionally detect traces of water, and these detections occurred at the same time the moon was passing through these streams. And he said, that made us think we were witnessing water being released by the meteoroids. So NASA astronauts won't be able to sustain themselves with the water on the moon, but it does show that there's actually water under the surface. And this, uh, small amount that the moon has right now well it's getting um, shot out into space basically and it could be losing as much as 200 tons of water per year on the moon so we could probably repurpose some of the water but it's not enough to sustain the astronauts all right i want to say thank you to everybody who's on patreon who's helped us out that's at patreon.com space news podcast if you have a dollar per month to help out It really does help. Uh, What I ended up doing with the Patreon money that I got for this month is that I bought Soundproofing for the studio. It has helped so much with the production quality of the podcast. Next up, I'm going to save up the Patreon money to get a new microphone because this microphone basically picks up everything. It's it's a semi-professional mic, but I want to get better equipment. So I'm going to save up for that with the Patreon money. You can do it as little, like I said, as a dollar per month at patreon.com slash Space News Podcast. And I also want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to spend it here with me on the Space News Pod. My name is Will, and I will see you soon.